Welcome to episode 53 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk about sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 53, tipping off 2024 by rocking the rim with the Raj. We'll go one-on-one and best of with all sports radio broadcast star, author, sports leader, and mentor, Roger Lajoie. Father-son fun talk will gaze the New Year's crystal ball. We'll go gold, silver, bronze for fearless sports predictions. And we'll head for home on episode 53 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 53 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy January. Actually, Happy New Year, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton. It is our inaugural, our first ever, our kickoff, our opening pitch, Ashton, our uh, tip-off. It is a face-off for 2024. Welcome, fans, to our first ever show of the 2024 year. And... um, with me again, right by my side, who's, I'm, I'm tell you, it's been an amazing 2023. Can't wait for 2024. Can't wait to uh, introduce my chum, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man? Happy New Year. I am doing um, amazing, and I can't wait to start off episode 53. 53 episodes of Father-Son Fun Talk, and looking forward to... Uh, Getting it kick-started here with an awesome show. We're going to tell you uh, a lot more about what's coming up on the show. But as we always do, uh, Ashton, we want to just sort of reflect on some of the things that's been going on over the last month. And of course, uh, it was Christmas time. Uh, it was a new year. I know you did a lot of fun things um, uh, out and about to different places and different spaces. Uh, glad you enjoyed yourself and uh some highlights, I guess, when I think of some of the father-son things is, um, well, I mean, let's start off talking about the Raptors 905 because we just watched them uh, play the official start of their season just before New Year's Eve. And uh, they ended up um, uh, not winning that game. It was a close effort, though. Yeah, it was very close. Um Always fun uh, to go to the 905 games. And um, 905 games are just like so entertaining and great to watch with your family. But yes, um, the uh, was it December 30th? Yeah, the December 30th game. Uh, I believe it was Raptors against Raptors 905 against. Yeah, you you're kind of stumping me here live yeah. on air for for the for the competitor, but nonetheless, uh, it might have been it might have been Maine, but anyhow, um, no, I don't, I don't, 
we haven't seen it'll come back to us fans yeah ashton you keep talking about 905 and you know here we are it's a new year and they're starting off as we just mentioned fans we went to the first game of the uh uh, the official regular season. I mean, how, how do you think they've been playing um, at the time of this recording? I mean, you know, they're playing pretty good. But I mean, um, as we saw in the uh, during like the showcase cup, um, that they just couldn't produce wins. I mean, that's something they'll have to work on. Um, but let's hope for a good season for the 905 uh hopefully making it all the way to winning the championship so well we hope so and you know i think a lot of the um uh i guess the unlucky side of the score sheet uh the losses that piled up on them um was a bit tricky only because um they were injury riddled as well too ashton right i mean they had they had a lot of injuries um, it's nice to see, um, you know, even that big trade and we'll get to this big trade that happened uh, in a sec, but, um, some guys like, uh, Kira Lewis Jr. Who's, uh, was part of that trade. Um, the big trade that came down just only a, a, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's nice. And they got some veteran presence with, uh, with Justice Winslow. Justice who, Winslow I just yeah. love the way that guy plays Ashton. Yeah, uh, he always has a pregame routine, um, very focused, very confident. And when he is on the court, he is laser focused. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dad. I love his work work ethic. And there's a lot of guys there on that team. You know, look at J- Javon Fremont Liberty as well, too, right? Uh, Wisconsin Herd, Ashton. That was okay, the, just, there we go. There we go. Uh, as, as we were having father-son fun talk... Uh, Dad was doing some additional research off Mike here. So, yeah, Wisconsin her tough matchup uh, for sure. Um, they played uh, Alex Antetokounmpo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, well, actually, uh, bouncing off of that, you actually got a fist bump from Double uh, A. Yep, that's true. What did it feel like to see an alumni of the Raptors 905? Uh, you brush shoulders with him for a little bit. Um. Yeah, it was nice to see him... Uh, come back to Mississauga, um, but I, I, I don't think he's like his brother, that, that's, that's, that's what, I'm, I'm gonna whoa, put it whoa, out hold there, hold on a second, he, he's, he's, he's just, he doesn't play the same as his brother, that's all I'm gonna say, well, you know, I mean, I guess that, you know, it, it's sort, it's sort of what you're trying to say, Ashton, is that perhaps the basketball genes, while in name, the Anticumpo name, it may not have been distributed uh, heavily towards Double uh, A. I, I quite like him, though. I mean, yeah, his shot uh, probably needs a little work on the shot, but uh, he's uh, very entertaining out there. Yeah, um, sure is. I mean, big YouTube star too. Yeah, um, he was actually. I think this was like a month ago or a couple of months ago. He was filming with Jesser. You know Jesser. Yeah, that's yeah. right, Jesser. Yeah, and uh, he was filming with uh, Giannis too. So wow. Wow, good stuff. Well, listen, um, we're going to bounce off Raptors 905. And fans, if you haven't had a chance to go down to the Paramount Fine Food Center, you are missing some amazing basketball action. It's not only great value, as Ashton said, it's a lot of family fun, but uh, these are some of the players that you'll see move up to the big club and be playing with the actual Raptors. But Ashton, what what a segue here. 
because just over the holidays, you experienced your first game, not with just the, the, the Leafs, but the baby Leafs called the Toronto Marlies. What did you think about that experience at your first ever Toronto Marlies game? Uh, it was, and it was actually my, my first as well. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, very, uh, entertaining. Um, but unfortunately the Marlies lost, they were playing the Syracuse crunch. Um, yeah. And the Syracuse crunch is the farm team to the Tampa Bay lightning. And we all know, uh, uh, Lord Stanley has visited the ice of Amelie arena many yeah. times, Ashton. Mm-hmm. That, that's a quality team. Yeah. And, um, it was pretty sad, but we had a really good seat, so... Yeah, right up against the glass there, so we could kind of get right into it. Uh, yep. There was a few body checks there, I tell yeah. you. What an experience watching it up near the glass there, and uh, we were just kind of in, kind of a little bit to where the face-off circle was, so there was some hard hits, great action, great family entertainment, great value as well, too. Uh, for fractions of the cost that you would pay to go to a Leaf game, yeah. for sure... <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a great time. And, uh, it was actually, um, it was actually the next gen game. Yeah, it was the next gen game. So luckily I did have my next gen Leafs jersey. So I was able to wear that. You were looking the part that day, my man. Good stuff. Well, listen, we're going to keep the hockey theme going because, uh, it was only a few days previous to that. And fans, let me tell you something right now. Like um, it was actually a day previous to that. The day previous? Okay, yeah. I stand corrected. But let me let me set the picture here for you. So as you know, Ashton uh, is a big nine oh five fan. In fact, he's officially anointed himself as the second biggest Raptors nine oh five fan in the world. Which yes. actually, why in, do you in tell my the f- opinion, I, I don't no, know. No, no, you anointed yourself that, and I think you're you're very warranted for it because you're a very dedicated fan. But but uh, I digress a little bit. Who's number one then? Um, if you're number two, who's number one? So there is. Is it Stripe? Honestly, that, that um, no. But he's probably the like the number one mascot. But not probably. I think. Would I be number three? Because Stripes is probably... Well, let's get to number one, because that was the question I was asking. You anointed yourself number two. We've been in the seats multiple times. You said, Dad, I think I'm the second best because there's a guy. There's a guy that shows up at the Paramount Fine Food Center. And and you've actually said he's a bigger fan. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, he's he's got the hat, he's got the jersey. He's got an original jersey too, yeah. kind of like a throwback like yours. Yeah. Um but he doesn't have as many signatures, Ashton. I think you can vie for the title <laughs> in 2024 as the biggest Raptors 905 fan on the face of the earth. Well, I mean, I I guess so. And listen, my guy, that's saying something because you know, 905 Nation, they love the Raptors. There's a lot of deep, hardcore fans. And uh, anyways, uh, the reason I'm mentioning all this, everybody, is if he finished second as the 905 fan, he's got to be the number one fan of the Hockey Hall of Fame. And and made another visit again to the, I think it's your second home, Ashton. How many times have you been to to the... holiest of hockey halls the hockey hall of fame 
So now it is officially four times I've been. Four times. And uh, I mean, so why do you keep coming back again and again? Well, the Hockey Hall of Fame, there's so much stuff to do um, because, you know, they have many different exhibits, many different memorabilia that, you know, is so, you know, like, I, I, I'm in awe when I see, when I see all the memorabilia the Hockey Hall of Fame has, they have tons of stuff, I mean, they have, uh, pucks, jerseys, skates, um, they even have beer bottles, I think from the Tampa Bay Lightning when they won, and, oh, I missed that, actually, (laughs) okay, and they have the most prized trophy in hockey, the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, that chum Stanley, Ashton, you know, it never gets old, uh, you know, brushing shoulders with Lord Stanley. And, uh, you know, it was really neat. Uh, as you know, everyone, we've had some amazing lineup and collection of best of guests on the show. And uh, there it was, Ashton, as we were kind of just um, gently spinning our finger around the Stanley Cup, the rotunda, if you will. And there he was. 1994, New York Rangers Stanley Cup champion, Mr. Nick Kiprios. What did you see when you saw Kipper's name on the cup? Um, you know, it's, it's, I feel like that's like such a big, like, um, thing for many hockey players and many, uh, kids who are playing hockey who have always dreamed of just lifting that cup having their name engraved on the cup and uh, i mean when i saw kipper's name i was like wow like there's thousands there's probably like how many names like yeah. thousands of names well and but very but but remember this and kipper said this on episode 37 fans if you didn't get a chance to listen to that best of interview with maple leaf fan favorite sportsnet star nick kiprios Take a listen. And you remember, Ashton, what he said. It's all they want, all he wanted to do as he was growing up playing hockey, just like how you're playing sports here locally in community. You grow up and you dream that one day you can have your name on the cup. In his case, it was N. Kiprios, N for Nick. And when he sees his first name and he sees his last name, he thinks of all the wonderful people that have helped him and all the effort and all the hard work that he put in to get his name on the cup. Because you might think it's a lot, and it's quite a bit, for sure. Yeah. The lore of Lord Stanley is 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 uh, vast and it's tremendous. However, it's a special cup because not just anybody can get their name on that. It takes a lot to get your name on the cup. That is true. I mean, well said. Um <laughs> thank you. But yeah. anyhow, to come back to it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, we always walk into that TSN theater, you know, pa- grab those glasses, those 3D glasses, and and the video, the movie never gets old. Yeah. But I got to tell you, with every passing time I watch that movie, it seems like the puck is coming closer and closer to my face. 
I know, like uh, James Duffy <laughs> yeah, in the start, James. he literally takes a slap shot, <laughs> and when you're wearing the 3D glasses, it comes right at you like it's going to hit your face. Yeah, so yeah. I, I usually tend to close my eyes because I get a little scared. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, and it's nice to see and uh, dealt with him a long time ago. Maybe we'll get him on a future show, The Keeper of the Cup. He's one of the stars of that that uh, great uh, short movie uh, Phil Pritchard, yeah, uh, the curator of, of the Stanley Cup, uh, brings it around. You see him come on the ice. He's uh, kind of the follow Stanley around wherever it goes. So uh, anyhow, great time at the Hockey Hall of Fame. But uh, Ashton, oh, you want to add something? I wanted to add two things. So um, one, whenever we go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, out of the four times I've been, um let we'll let you know that me or my dad have never touched the cup you can't touch the cup until you win it um that's right ashton when i say i i use that description because you know what we do here on the podcast did i just whistle right now yeah anyways what i we gently put our finger not on the cup but spun around right as yep. we looked at those names to look for, hovering for over kipper's, it. kipper's yep. name but you're right ashton that is a lore that you know it uh most people follow i don't think all the fans when they go take a picture with it, i think some of them would actually hug it very tightly yeah that's the thing <laughs> anyways you had a second thing because you said it was two things can we go back oh you want to go back you know what? I, I love going to the Hockey Hall of Fame with you. Uh, you, you know, um, it's amazing when you go to something and you kind of just get lost in passion, in imagination, in knowledge, in enrichment, in activity. Uh, it's an amazing thing. You just kind of lose sense of the time because we always have a great time. And it, ne- it, it certainly never gets old. But actually, one thing that actually happened, fans, you might have seen it on our stories. It was father versus son in in the goal challenge. I went up against Kerry. Pre- no, I went up against no, uh, Freddie Anderson. Freddie Anderson. Ashton went up against Kerry Price. I finally won a father son challenge, you know, and I got th- I got three three goals behind uh, Freddie Anderson. Honestly, I had the tougher uh, goalkeeper. All right, I'll give you that. Anyways, good stuff. Well, listen, let's... um, All this great sports talk, it never changes, and there's so much all sports talk that your your champs and chums, your co-hosts always talk about. And on the topic of all sports, Ashton, I couldn't think of a greater all-star guest, someone with a resume so deep, Someone with experiences so wide, someone with talent so far reaching, I couldn't think of a better guest to kick off the 2024 season for Champs and Chumps. Ashton, tell all the fans who's coming up on the show. All star sports broadcaster, author, sports leader, and mentor, Roger Lajoie. The Raj. The veteran voice, 30 plus years, 3,950 shows and counting, I believe is the number, on the Fan 590, coming up on Champs and Chums. What an amazing guest. And as Ashton mentioned, his repertoire, his range of skills is, uh, is shot for shot. 
I tell you, with his career and his experiences, his stories, his knowledge, his know-how, his personality, his legend, you put it up against everybody. Yeah, what an amazing guest we have on the show for 2024 kickoff. Uh, that's uh, Roger Lajoie, The Raj. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great to have him on the show, and you'll hear a lot about uh, how Roger and I met in the wonderful world of sports. Um, I guessed it on his show, Ashton. Did I tell you that? Uh, I, no, I did not know that. Yeah, guessed it on some of his uh, evening shows on the Fan 590 way back when I was talking a little bit of tennis, talking some golf, and uh, yeah, it was great to uh, be able to reconnect here on the airwaves uh, years later and catch up with a tremendous champion chum roger lajoie coming up on the best of segment okay ashton uh it is time for father son free for all the first one of the year and you know the new year's is a time for hope there's optimism and there's always time everybody for father son fearless sports predictions you've heard this every year on the show so your champs and chums your co-hosts here father and son are going to make Gold, silver, bronze selections. No, no, not just selections, sorry. Fearless predictions of what's going to happen on the 2024 sports calendar. So, Ashton, over to you for your bronze medal for fearless sports prediction. So, my bronze medal is that Lionel Messi is going to break the MLS record for most goals in a season. Messi, 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 Messi. Is that how the announcer says it? That <laughs> yeah. announcer is going to get real t- tired if he's going to say say that. It's got, and we went to the record books, fans. Or Ashton, you tell the fans what's the record for most goals in an MLS season? So the record is right now held by Carlos Vela, uh, with the former 30... Barcelona striker. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, thirty-four goals. Well. So far in the season with Inter Miami, he only has eleven goals, but he did win the Ballon d'Or. So no, well let's let's put it into focus, Ashton, because the the transfer with Messi when he came over the Inter Miami and correct me, I mean I'm not a deep follower of European soccer and love the Toronto FC, love getting out to a game for sure, but um, uh, he came kind of not even middle of the season. No, and for him to record, sorry, eleven goals. Uh, yeah, eleven. Prorate that, my man. Pro rate that he played a third of the season. He's 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 on his way. Yeah, he's on his way. Good. Uh, what? Well, why do you like Lee? Is it Lionel Messi or Lionel Messi? Lionel Messi. Okay. Why do you like uh, the the goat as they call him, Lionel Messi? Um. So his worth eth- work ethic is just amazing. Um. I think he had a. I think it was a growth like. Like he couldn't like his growth stunt. Yeah, it's a stunted growth. growth yeah. yeah, it's a growth stunt. But uh, Messi did not let that affect him. He kept playing no matter what people said, and now look where he's come. Well, that's amazing, Ash, and it's always we talk about in champs and chums. You believe in yourself, believe in your in your abilities, right? Uh, and uh, you can do amazing things if you can just start believing that you can do it and putting in an effort and having a plan to be great. And yeah, I mean, let's see, Lionel Messi, he's got a plan. He's got to score, sorry, more than 34? Yes, he has to score 35 or more. He's got to score 35 or more to set the record. We'll hold the tape on you, Ashton. That's Ashton's bronze medal for for favorite, uh, sorry, fearless 
and a favorite sports prediction, Lionel Messi will score and break the record for most goals in the MLS season. Okay, over to Dad. Now, speaking of breaking records, Ashton, it is a big year, 2024, because the Olympics are happening, the Summer Olympics. Well, uh, here is Dad's bronze medal for fearless sports predictions and Team Canada, all of them, and all the all the games and, and competitions they'll be in, they will break the total number of medals that they won at the 2020 Tokyo Games. Ashton, what do you think about that? Well, Dad, that is a great hot take. Um, yeah, uh, so 2024 Olympics coming up in Paris. Um, it's the Summer Olympics, right? That's right. If I'm not mistaken. It would be yeah. the Summer Olympics if it's in uh, late July, August. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that I'm I'm positive this will happen. Well, here's the thing, Ashton. Seven goals. Sorry, seven Golds. gold. Yep. Goals, too, if you look at it. Seven gold, mm-hmm. seven silver, ten bronze. Yep. Total of 24 medals. Mm-hmm. That was their uh, feat in 2020. They owned the pool. You remember uh, there were some great swimmers, and part of that swimmer was a is a best of guest, a champion chum, who was actually won one of those medals. Actually, no, three of those medals, actually. So one of our best of guests, Kyla Sanchez. Kyla Sanchez. Shout out to Kyla Sanchez, friend of the show. She she earned three of them, Ashton. Remember, those team competitions when the Canadian women, I mean, they own the pool, Ashton. Yeah. Right? And I mean... Um, you know, uh, it was just, you know, Maggie McNeil, uh, stunning performance. We only have to go back to the previous Olympics. We'll see. I- I'm sure she's going to compete again. Uh, love to get her on the show. Um, that is uh, Penny Alexiak, the most decorated Olympian. Had a chance to meet her at the 905 game, Ash, and she's wonderful. I actually told her that... Uh, uh, we had uh, uh, Kyla on the show, and she said I thought it was great, and she has a lot of time for Kyla. In fact, they see each other. They travel together. Yeah. So maybe there's a chance uh, uh, Penny Alexiak will join the show. But nonetheless, let's move over to other sports. Track and field, uh, Canadians always strong in, uh, especially some of those, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, team relay competitions. I mean, let's think about volleyball. They've always done very well in beach volleyball. Um, you know, discus. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the others. Well, let's not forget about soccer, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, the women have a chance to do things after winning a gold as well, too. So uh, what do you think about that one? Well, yeah, I uh, really like that hot take. And as I said, I am positive that's going to happen. All right. Over to Sun for his silver medal. This is Fearless Sports Predictions. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. So my silver medal is Kevin Gosman is going to win the 2024 Cy Young Award. Kevin Gosman, as uh, Buck Martinez would say yep. on the air. Love love listening to Buck. Love listening to Buck on the air. And, and you know, I know he's, he's starting to kind of slow down into retirement and mm-hmm. such, but... Yeah, Kevin Gosman. Wow. Wow. That that is a great hot take. You think he's going to win the Cy Young? Yeah, I mean Kevin Gosman um 
I don't know. He's like one of those pitchers that are just he he's there. I mean, like he's solid. Yeah, he's he's, he's pretty solid. He's, he's solid. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's solid. consistent. I mean, what were the, he was a statistical leader, Ashton, too. You want to tell the fans? Yeah, so he led the, was it AL or the league? Finished second in the majors. Yep, finished second in the first majors. First in the American League. Yep. 234 K's uh, fans. Yep. The only guy that outdueled him with whiffs was the man they call Spencer Strider. From yeah. the Atlanta Braves. He, he, was, he was good last year. Yeah, but I mean, I, I agree with you, Ashton. Kevin Gossman is, I would say, the unofficial, no, no, the official ace of your Toronto Blue Jays staff. And that's saying something. When you got guys like Berrios, you got guys as well, too, um, like Chris Bassett, uh, Kikuchi, Kikuchi near the back yeah. end of the bullpen. And that's actually saying something much, because I got to tell you, fans, Ashton, I don't know if you've seen this on social. One Alex Manoa, who was just two years removed from being the uh, finalist for Cy Young. You remember that, Ashton? Yeah. And obviously he had his uh, his struggles. His uh, struggles, yeah. Physically, perhaps mindset as well, too. That man is looking fit. Like, he, he's, he posted some stuff up on his stories. He's looking chiseled now. He's a big man to begin with. But, I mean, he's dropped a, a lot of weight, Ashton, and he's working out and... Anyways, uh, I, I agree with you, though. I think Kevin Gosman is solid. He's going to be there. He's He was actually top 10 in Cy Young voting for the last two years, so he's yeah, going to knock I on the door. Th- I think um, when it comes to Cy Young, the Cy Young Award, I think Kevin Gosman's always in the conversation. There you go. Good stuff. That's Ashton's hot take for a silver medal. Fearless prediction. Kevin Gosman, your Cy Young winner this year. Okay, Ashton, I'm going to keep the Blue Jay uh, commentary, the blue, the good feeling of our, our Toronto Blue Jays in this conversation. Because my silver medal, everybody, is that, yes, your Toronto Blue Jays will reach the American League Championship Series. That is the semifinals of Major League Baseball in 2024. Um, okay, fans, I know you're probably hollering back at me as you're listening to this. How could you say something like that? Massive disappointment. What has Atkins and Shapiro done really in the offseason to to, uh, build up, to truly go next level, as the marketing would say? Well, listen, they're running running it back. They took a different tack. Do you remember when Masai won the title in 2019? He pulled off a big trade. He exercised a little bit of patience, and they were playing a different way. The way that Nick Nurse had them playing was very different. And that's the way that uh, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro have have uh, architected this team. It is all about defense. I don't disagree. They're going to need to add another strong, solid badass. Mm-hmm. The name that's being bandied about right now at the time of this recording Jorge is Jorge Soler. I would love to see that man in a Blue Jay uniform. Yep. That man can mash. Yep. But... Uh, fans, believe it. Believe in the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. They will be in the American League Championship Series by running it back a bit with a focus on defense. And remember, fans, when the playoffs start, defense and pitching wins championships. Yes, you have to have timely hitting. Yes, the bats went cold in that wild card series against Minnesota Ashton. But it's going to happen. They're going to make it happen. Your Blue Jays are going to the championship series. Ashton, care to jump on that one? 
Yes. Um, I mean, well said. Um, I honestly uh, agree with you. I mean... You they, honestly agree? Okay, that's good. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd... I'd agree with you that they need to get a a bat like yeah. uh like Jorge Soler as you were saying um you remember when those Otani uh oh, trade Ashton. rumors were happening Ashton, the fans go back to episode 52 and then, and then John Morosi has has the uh <laughs> the audacity the audacity to post that Shohei Otani well, is en route to Toronto Well listen things have cooled down there I think Cooler heads have prevailed. Everybody got in a hysteria that Friday afternoon. Your co-hosts were jumping up and down in the house because we thought that Otani was on the plane as everybody else from Blue Jays Nation. In fact, baseball fans from around the world thought that when a man of his ilk, of his status, of his credentials like John Morosi had that, he, he obviously got tipped off by, by a, a bad source. Clearly he did. So. Yeah, but it said on the tweet... Or I guess you could say the X now. It did say from his sources. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's what reporting is. The, yeah. You know, we, we just uh, actually uh, will hear in the next segment uh, a man that can tell you a lot about the the, the the ethics of journalism, one Roger Lajoie. He can tell you a lot about how uh, having sources are very important, but not just having sources, but trusted sources and they always say in journalism, you got to double check your facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like anything, right? Double check your facts. Make sure you have accuracy. And so anyways, that, that was a big lesson learned. But yeah, that's my hot take, everybody. Toronto Blue Jays, book it. Get your seats now, everybody. Join your champs and chums. They're going to be on the American League Championship Series. Okay, everybody. It's gold medal time for fearless sports predictions. Ashton, take it away. So my gold medal is our beloved Raptors 905 will win the G League championship. I, Ashton, I I'm I'm I paused for a moment there on this uh on this episode on on this uh podcast on this father son fun talk because I am left speechless. Now, are you making this bold, this fearless prediction with all of heart and a little bit ahead? Like, I mean, tell the fans, what is the rationale after seeing first person, the body of work from the Raptors? Listen, I love the Raptors 905, Ashton. I think you're second biggest fan. I might be a third biggest fan. <laughs> Yeah, Stripes, you're after me, man, because I love the Raptors 905. But Ashton, their record was lopsided. Mm -hmm. They haven't been able to put it together yet. Yes, there's still a lot of basketball to come, folks. But Ashton, what in heaven's name can make you think that the Raptors 905 will hoist the title in April? Well, um, I mean... The 905, although they're they they're not producing as much wins. I mean, they're playing together as a team, communicating as a team. So that's kind of what you need early in the season. And you know, I've I've uh, literally told myself this so many times that like they if if they keep 
if they just go on a little bit of, of a streak, like a two-game, three-game win streak, that could give them motivation later on. So, and with a a team full of stars, um, as Justice Winslow came back from injuries a couple months ago, um, and now you have Drake Jeffries on the team now. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a good young roster, but there's some veterans who are there to teach, um, the young stars, uh, the, the ways. So yeah, I think this 905 team will just come together and just keep rowing that boat. Well, fans, listen, uh, I'm ever optimistic and I always like the belief that this young man to the right of the broadcast booth shares with me. Uh, so I got to say, I'm with you, man. Mm-hmm. Fist bumps to that. You're going to stay in the same boat. I, I'm on the same boat with you. I'm going to stay on the same page. We got to talk to Coach K, though. Yeah. We got to get into the dressing room before a game and have a pep talk from Ashton. What do you think? That would be amazing if I could. Yeah, well, Coach Cal did it. Remember Coach Cal? The little kid that walked in with his envelope and he inspired some of those uh, those young players, those junior players, and he went and did appearances on the Ellen Show. You remember him? Uh, the the little blonde kid with the with the clipboard. You oh, remember yeah, Coach yeah, Cal? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's yeah. going to be Coach Ashton in the spring. Nine oh five. Book it, everybody, and their champions. And as members, Ashton, we might be in line to purchase a championship ring if that happens. Yep. What do you say? We have to go ahead and get it. I mean, <laughs> this this will be the first time they win since we were members because yeah. they did win in 2017 uh, when it was, when, right. believe when it was called the D-League. The, the Van Vliet years, yeah. Yep. And the Siakam and years. The Siakam How can I forget years. talking about Siakam? Yeah. See, sadly, Siakam is gone from the Raptors. Uh, did we talk about that? We so, didn't really, but uh, maybe just quickly, what do you want to say to, to Pascal? I, I'm sure he's listening. Uh, Pascal? You should have stayed. I mean, not his choice, Ashton. Yeah, I. Sometimes I guess not his choice. Sometimes the man's it's, a legend. Yeah. Yeah, but I I know what you're saying. I, he I, was like among top five Raptors in in history. Oh, I'd put him in the top two. Top two. Okay. I mean, even if okay. you want to anoint the crown and say Kawhi was only here for a year, but he's number one because he was the guy that said, "Boys, get on my back." We're going to win this title. Let's go. Let's exactly. Let's go. You know, but from a from a body of work from a, from the from the uh, the t- the tenure that uh, Mr. Siakam had, and you had a chance to 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 give him a high five, probably only um, two months before uh, before he got traded. Yeah, it was either. Did he whisper month. anything to your ear saying he might get traded? Nope. He he went. <laughs> did, he, did you get some breaking news? Maybe or no, I did not. Anyways. All right, well, listen, that's Ashton's gold medal. Over to Dad for the final gold medal. And I'm going to take your optimism, Ashton. On the score sheet, on the balance sheet, it may not sit well right now. The books don't match. The books don't balance right now. But come summer, everybody, come late spring, your Toronto Maple Leafs will be in the conference final, the semifinals of the NHL playoffs. You heard it here first from a man that's actually from a boy who grew in to be a man. You you actually took that pen that you have in your hand right now and you gave it a little step on my 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 uh my arm Ashton, it would bleed blue. Because I am a big Toronto Maple Leaf fan. 
And I'm saying this with heart. I'm saying this with my head. Now listen, fans. It's been a bumpy year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's true. A very bumpy year. Uh, lots of questions about Sheldon Keefe. Should he still be behind the bench? Mm-hmm. Brad Trey living, Tree uh, making some questionable trades. But here's the thing. If you actually dial back and look at the way the season went for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the last three to this season, it went very straight. They elevated themselves so high in the regular season that all they did was they kind of just coasted for the second half. It's a different story this year. They've had struggle. They've had challenge. Look at John Tavares, now a 34-year-old aging captain. Hasn't, got, hasn't scored a goal, actually a point, I believe, in 12, 13 games. It's a, it's a challenge. But what do we always say on champs and chumps? You got to push through. You got to get through those moments where it's painful. And they're going through it now in the regular season, which will build the resolve they need to keep pushing. Ashton, you remember they, they, John, Johnny Toronto scored the goal in overtime. The city erupted. That's what happened last year. They're going to go further this year. Ashton, care to comment on that? Yeah, I agree with you. They've been uh, through struggles, winning, losing. Um, what is Sheldon Keefe, Bradtree Living doing? But um, I honestly, like like you were saying, I believe in the Leafs team, and they're going to go far this year. That's awesome. What an amazing lineup of fearless sports predictions from father and son, your co-hosts. And it was an exciting way to present that to you with a lot of passion and a lot of purpose and almost a guarantee. So fans, if you're listening to this, you know, um, take it to the bank. Some of these things are going to come to be and you're going to thank your champs and chums, Ashton. What do you say to the fans? If they got, they got to thank us after they got all these good hot takes. Yeah, I mean, we had some pretty good hot takes on this list, and uh, it was a very good father-son free-for-all segment. Free-for-all segment, fearless predictions, lots more father-son fun talk coming up in this show. But you're listening to episode 53 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 53 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our Best of segment. And what a championship guest we have for our fans this month. Hey Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to go to air with All Sports Flair on episode 53? Sure am. Are you ready to rock the rim with the Raj here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest is a signature name, face, and voice to fans of sports media. You have heard him entertain his fans for 30-plus years on Sports Radio The Fan 590, an incomparable feat of over 3,974 shows and counting. He is celebrated for his immense talents that shine on his star-studded resume of accomplishments. TV and radio... Show host, reporter, play-by-play, and analyst. A celebrated author of five highly acclaimed books, 
from fascinating biographies to winning guides to inspire your life journey. Did you know our best of guest is currently the official scorer for your Toronto Blue Jays? He's also served as an expert teacher of sports broadcasting, a dynamic business consultant, keynote speaker, and trusted mentor. Our special guest has made an impressive vocation his vacation. 2024 marks his 44th year in sports media, and it all started with pen in hand as a sports writer at the Etobicoke Gazette. His career has seen him witness and report firsthand on some of the biggest moments in sports. Over 250 major sports events covered. 18 World Series, 14 Stanley Cups, 13 Super Bowls, 12 NCAA Final Fours, 11 NBA Finals, 19 Memorial Cups, and 24 and 12 international tennis and golf events respectively. Alongside all of his crowning achievements, our best of guest is the consummate pro, holds a sports resume that will rival any top contender, and is truly among the nicest of people in the wide world of sports. I truly roger that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to be joined by sports media star, acclaimed author, sports leader, and mentor, Roger Lejoie. Roger, welcome to Champs and Chums. Well, guys, thank you so much. That is such a charitable and uh, such a nice introduction from from both of you. Much appreciated. It has been a a long and 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 great run for me. But uh, now my career is complete because I get to be on with you two guys talking here tonight. So it's my pleasure to be with you. I hope you're both well, and I look forward to to chatting with you both. Thank you so much. Oh, Raj. Well, you know what? All of those accolades are so deserving. It's it's so great to catch up with you as uh we were chatting just off air um i think i'm we're closing in on 25 years since i first connected connected with you in the wide world of sports uh in, in tennis and uh you know you were out there doing some of the live remotes and covering some of the great action there and uh to have you on the program and fans just you know he's in the fan five new fan 590 studio at the time of this recording so to have you come on the show with, um, obviously, you're a champ and chum. Uh, we're just delighted and so honored to have you on. Well, it's my pleasure, as I said. And, you know, uh, to both of you, and especially your your young son here, I, I talked to him off air, and I compared him to Tiger Woods with all the reps he's getting from all the shows you guys have done now <laughs> in four-plus years, which is is terrific for such a, a young man to do. You got the, the most important job in the world uh, there as father, and you're doing a great job with that with your 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 son. And uh, so it's it's my pleasure, Anthony. And you're right. You know, it's we go back a long way. And, and listen, you've worn a lot of hats, too, and you've done a lot of different things. And, and you can appreciate and understand that, you know, variety is the spice of life, not just in, in, in usual life, but in your career as well. And you've had an opportunity, opportunity to do a lot of different things, as have I. And uh, as years go on, relationships like uh, ours are, are to be treasured and celebrated. So oh, bring it on, great. boys. I'm, I'm ready to chat. To oh, you. that's great to hear. All right, fans. Well, we're here with the Raj, ready for some father son fun talk so uh roger it's a uh, dad over here to the left of the uh, broadcast booth and uh 
you know, I shared the many, many accolades, and I can continue to run that paper and all the amazing accomplishments that you've had in sports media. But uh, the fans would love to know, take us through your early interest and ambitions to get into sports media. Well, you're, as, as Ashton will know, you know, you develop a, a love for sports when you're very, very young. And I have been very blessed, uh, guys, uh, being able to just, you, know, you mentioned it, Anthony, that tagline I used, make your vocation your vacation, is, is so true. And I have just been so fortunate, blessed, whatever the case may be, luck is a part of it. But from the time I was, um, I was <laughs> your son's age, I, I developed a love of sports. I, I remember just as a child, uh, writing writing on a, a chalkboard at night stories on games while I was watching them on TV with my dad when I when I was just a kid I, I just had a, a love and a passion for sports I was not blessed enough to be a, a great athlete so I, I was an observer but I wanted a part of this action I, I I wanted to be in the game I wanted to find a way to make sports my my vocation, my vacation, my my livelihood. And I was really fortunate to do that. And and I developed it at a young age and, and not quite unlike Ashton in terms of getting to do podcasts and doing stuff, you know, at, at such a young age. I, I, I really started young. I developed that throughout my school uh, career. Uh, I remember in high school, grade seven, you know, being one of the editors of uh, the junior student paper at school and being in, encouraged by mentors to write because my my background really started, guys, as a uh, a writer more than a radio broadcaster. And it's it, it just fed off. One thing leads to another. And I, I have a you know, I, I use mantras all the time. And one of them is passion, preparation, persistence, the three P's. That's that's what you do. You find your passion. You prepare to do it and you persist. And if you do all three and the last one, persistence, is probably the toughest one, you get to have uh, some pretty special memories. So uh, as I listen to you give my background, I'm, I'm flattered. Uh, I'm a little I'm, I'm certainly humbled, but I'm also grateful when I realize I need the reminder every once in a while of all the stuff I've been able to do. But it all started when I was young. And following the passion, and here we are today in 2024, February the 1st is 44 years for me in the business, and uh, I, <laughs> I'm not ready to pack it in yet, so it's been a great ride. Oh, you got a lot more miles to go, my friend, and uh, Ashton and I, as we heard you uh, uh, wax poetic, those three words, passion, preparation, and persistence, you know, we talk a lot about that on, on this uh, Father-Son Project Champs and Chums, so it's really Great to hear it from you with all the accomplishments you had. Um, so, uh, Raj, want to turn it over uh, to talk about um, mentors, and, and you mentioned that a little bit in in, uh, in your first answer. And uh, y you know, you've been highly accomplished. Accomplished, and one of those uh, recent books that you've had out is the the power of of teammates and how important it is for people to get help in order to be great and to achieve things. You need wonderful people around you. And uh, why don't you reflect on, on your career and who were some of those mentors that helped you build success as a person, as a broadcaster, a writer, and as a human being? 
Well, that's a great question, uh, you know, Anthony, and I, I thank you for alluding to uh, the power of teammates. I'm trying to give back at this stage of my career in life by by working as a, a personal development coach with people. And and I always tell my clients that my, my major goal with them is I, I want to be the kind of person that I um, needed when I was younger uh, to, to see it through. You know, there's the old cliche of, you know, if, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Uh, I would amend that too. If at first you don't succeed, welcome to the club. We, yeah, that's <laughs> right. every, every, everybody, nobody succeeds the first time. Nobody does anything alone. And I was very fortunate early in my days. I had an instructor at Ryerson uh, where I took journalism by the name of Stan Ranton, who took a uh, particular interest in me, uh, worked with me, made me better, um, made me challenged me, which I think is an important thing to do, uh, to make myself better. He was a guy that immediately comes to mind. Uh, even further back than that, there was a high school teacher uh, in, in LaSalle, Quebec, where I grew up, named Noble Edwards, that was his name, who challenged me every time, would never give me an A on a paper uh, just because he thought I could do better. Uh, it was an A paper. There were other people writing papers probably just as good at getting A's, but he'd give me a B plus because he wanted to challenge me to be better. And he did. And as a result, I took that challenge and I ran with it. That's what a mentor does. They they challenge you to make better. So those were two teachers. And then Brian Cantley, who was, you know, you mentioned in my in that lovely intro you did of me, hired me at the Etobicoke Gazette as a sports writer while I was still in my third year at Ryerson on February the 1st, 1980, giving me an opportunity and an entry into the business. And guys, you know, it isn't just mentors advise, they guide, they help, but they lead by example. And all of those guys just, it was their example that encouraged me. And I saw the way they lived, the way they worked, their work ethic, their attitude. And you need someone to give you a chance, you, someone to give you an opportunity. It's the same thing we see in sports. You know, the, the great the great people in sports, the great athletes in sports needed somebody to give them the opportunity. And those three gentlemen in particular really, really in the early days were, were mentors for me. And the kind of work I do with teammates now is sort of just a thank you to them and my giving back. I, like I say, and I mean, it sounds maybe a little hokey or a little trite, but I really do mean this. I want to be the kind of person that I needed when I was younger for younger people now. And that's, that's, that's my way to give back, but nobody makes it with mentors. And look, and I, I mentioned only three uh, Anthony Al uh, and uh, Ashton, but uh, there there were a lot more down the pipe. There were a lot of people in the early days in, in radio. Alan Davis gave me the shot in in radio at at, at the Fan 590, and um, uh, Bruce Annan was a guy who hired me in newspapers. There've been so many people, and I I think you know they, um, they I appreciate them so much, and I'm so grateful to have them. But I am also cognizant of the fact that. You need great mentors, but you've you've got to be willing to learn. You got to be willing to listen, and you got to be willing to take advantage of that mentorship. And I hope the young people I'm trying to help now do the same thing. Because if they do, then not only will I have the success I've had, they'll supersede my success. Nothing makes me happier, guys, as a teacher when I see a student who goes above me 
It's not like I'm trying to get people to be me. I don't want them to be me. I want them to be better than me. I want them to have an even better career, be an even better person. And that, uh, to me, is great satisfaction. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to mention those names because I think of them an awful lot even. And this is decades and decades ago that these people, and most, most of them are gone now, but uh, never forgotten. Oh, that's amazing. You've given us... As they say in the business, you know, Raj, radio gold already. Very early in our best of conversation here with Roger Lajoie. And yeah, Raj, I, uh, you know, you mentioned Stan and Noble and Brian Allen and Bruce. And in listening to you, uh, you, you did a tremendous job describing how they saw potential in you, but they also created some standards as well, too. And they showed you how important standards are. And we talk a lot about that on our show, how, how important that is um, to really be great. Well, there's no doubt. And listen, you know, wh one of the things too, I, I think is so important. People talk about mentorship and what, what does a, a good mentor do? And a mentor helps instill confidence in you and, and they guide you and they advise you and they help you. And in many cases they hire you, which is the thing that you really need uh, to get a job. But what they, the best mentors in the world do is, is live by example. And, and, and I always remember that. And especially now that I'm at the stage and it's now my turn to mentor, you know, I, I always, you know, tell people that I'm coaching and advising guys is that I, I, I take my own advice, you know, it's, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, if, if you want somebody to embrace what you're talking about, if you want them to uh, really understand what it means to be a mentor and be successful, then basically you have to demonstrate it yourself. You, you have to be the example. The best example a mentor can give is his own actions his own career, his own, uh, you know, the, the way he did it. And, and I'm hoping that the lessons that I learned uh, will be able to be passed on to other people because there is no limit to what you can do in, regardless of an economy, regardless of the status of the world, regardless of where you are in life, if you don't really, really, really want to do it. And if you really, really want to do it, then there's nothing that can stop you if you have the right people, the work ethic, and again, the passion, the preparation, and and the persistence. So I I I'm very thankful to have those people because people say, well, that's hey, that's great. You say, well, that's radio gold or that's great knowledge. Uh, it's not mine. I stole it from those guys. Wow. <laughs> they're they're the guys that told me. I'm just repeating the lessons I've already learned. Well, wise words, and you've you've uh, taken it forward as you said in in your role right now, and you've you've given so much to others and sort of sharing that wisdom and inspiration and uh included in that is uh my co-host here 11 and a half year old ashton who's got some burning questions for our best of guest uh, roger lejoie ashton take it away well roger first off i just want to say thank you for joining us on episode 53 uh roger with your 30-plus years of work with the Fan 590 and many more of your sports media career accomplishments, I'm sure you've had many career highlights. With that said, Roger, would you like to share some of them with the fans? That's a great question, Ashton. I'm not surprised you came up with that. There you go again, the Tiger Woods analogy. You've got all those years of asking questions. That's a great question. I, I don't really, you know, there there have been so many. I don't want to be trite about it. I don't want to avoid the answer. There have been so many, but I'll give you uh, some particular ones. So when I was uh, even your age and younger, by the way, but even at your age, I always thought, you know, like I love sports and I knew I wasn't going to be an athlete and I wanted to be a reporter or whatever. And I always thought how great 
great it would be to to go to a World Series and cover a World Series. I love baseball and hockey. Baseball and hockey are my 1A and 1B sports. So I always thought, how great would it be to go to a World Series and cover a World Series? And it took me a while, but the first one I covered was 2004 in Boston. And I was working for uh, Reuters, uh, uh, Thompson Reuters. It's Thompson Reuters now, but it was just Reuters at the time, wire service. And I'd worked there for many years and got the opportunity to cover the World Series. And I walked on the field for the first time, Fenway Park, accredited working and writing in a World Series. And I've been to 19 now since, but at any rate, it's that was the first one. And I walk on the field and I look around and I realize here I am. I'm covering a World Series. I am in Boston. Babe Ruth played in this outfield. It it was a it was a a transient moment for me where I realized, look what I look 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 where I've come. And by the way, that wasn't my I stand correct. It wasn't my first World Series because the '92 '93 World Series here in Toronto uh, were my first two World Series, and I worked for United Press International at those series. But the Boston Series was the first World Series I traveled to to cover, and it was a, it was a a great moment for me. I mean, my goodness, I I went to 13 consecutive Super Bowls and and covered those. It's every everybody just dreams of going to a Super Bowl. I, I went to 13 and and covered them. Uh, Stanley Cup Finals were great. Interviewing uh, players like, um, oh my goodness, uh, back in the day when I filled in in the day at the Fan years ago, like Jean Beliveau and Gordy Howe, Wayne Gretzky. I, they were all on at one point doing some kind of uh, an interview with me. It's it's a career highlight, but you know, Ashton, it's a great question, and it shows you how grateful I am for my career because I I could spend another twenty minutes talking about great moments. But if you're asking me for the ones that really resonate, like most people, it's probably the first ones. So you know, the Jays ninety two ninety three that World Series story in Boston in 04, The first time uh, you start covering this stuff, how cool is that? And uh, that's that's the, I guess it's like a lot of things in life that you never forget your first love. And uh, I, I guess that's how I'd answer that question. Roger, as a dad, um, I'm sure you've had you shared some great lessons and words of advice with your own family. With that said, Roger, can you share some of those with the listeners? Well, you know, your your kids are, are you can mentor and and coach and you can uh, advise your students, your friends, your colleagues. But your own family members, of course, are, are the most important thing in the world to, to anybody. Ashton, I, I, I always tell them, first of all, the, the most important thing is I want them to follow their own path. They should follow their own path. I followed mine. Um, neither of my kids are really major sports fans. They're not following in my for, uh, footsteps. My daughter is a is a, 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 a social worker in, in downtown Toronto. Her work is so meaningful. It's a passion of hers. She's putting so much into society. I always kid her. She's the one putting in, and I'm the guy taken out. So <laughs> the two of us even out the world nicely. I just cover sporting events, and she's saving people from drug overdoses. So it's yeah. like it's a little warped one way or the other uh, uh my son is 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 terrific he's he's an engineer he's raising his family he's he's a wonderful father he's he's just a, a terrific guy so we all follow our own paths and and that i think is the most important thing is stay true to your your path you know defi- def- success is a very ashton individual thing 
You know, what some people consider successful, other people's wouldn't. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. But only you can determine how you want to live your life. And I told my kids, you live your life the way you want to live. And at the end of the day and the end of your life, if you can say that, you've lived a successful life. And that's what I've tried to tell them. And, and, and to always look for the good in life. Look, look for the good. Let don't don't let negativity get you down. Be positive. Be be happy. Be optimistic. Uh, there's an old uh, saying, I think it's um, and I forget who it was because through teammates, we do a lot of quotes. But um, the advice I give a lot of people is, you know, uh, don't uh, we're not happy. Uh, uh, don't uh, we're not happy because we smile. We smile because we're happy. Like, let don't don't wait for events to make you happy. Just be happy, and then events will look much better. Events are just events. They're neither good or bad. Good or bad is an opinion. It's how you look at life. And if you look at life the right way, you'll always find the positivity. And, and I think both of them have done a wonderful job in their own lives doing that. And so find your own path. And, you know, Ashton, it's the same thing for you with your dad. Is like you have things that you have in common and you love that's great. But by the time you move through in your life, you follow your own route, your own path. And I'm sure your dad will support you because I know your dad well. That's great. Some great words of inspiration there from our best of guests. You're listening to episode 53 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment. We're here with sports media star, acclaimed author, sports leader, and mentor, Roger Lejoie. And uh, Roger, we talk a lot about it, and, and you, you've referenced some of it off the top, but maybe to put a little bit more on to the importance of education for youth. And I, I mean, I would say actually more than just youth, I mean, the value of lifelong learning, um, you know, being in the field that you're in. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit, little bit later in the segment of how the field is changing, but... Um, can you speak to the fans about how important education is for, for young people? Well, education is important for young people, for people of middle age, and, and for people who are older as well. As, as long as you are, when you stop learning, you, you stop living. Uh, you have to constantly um, rejuvenate your, your educational skills. Um, uh, and, and listen, if that means traditional four years of university, as it does for most people, that's fine. That's that's not the be all and the end all, especially in this day and age for everybody else. It's learning, challenging yourself, growing and doing something every day. Maybe that's a little uncomfortable for you. That's that's how you learn. You know, if you've ever seen a, a, a an older person, well, who am I to talk about older people now? But I mean, older people, your, your grandfather, your great grandfather, try to turn a you know, work a computer. And you sit back and you go, well, what's the matter with you? How come you can't figure this out? It's so simple. It's so simple because you learned it. It's so simple because you learned it. Everything is hard before you actually learn it. It was hard for us to walk when we were kids. Now, of course, you know how to walk. By the time you're, you're 16 months, you're, you're up and walking around. That's education. So I, I'm not as big a pro proponent as some people are as, well, go to university for four years, get a master's, then figure it out. It's, for some people, yes. But always learning, being curious, and keeping your mind fresh, a thousand percent. That's how, that's how you get by in the world. And especially now, the way the world changes, guys, you know, you're, there's nothing as old as a degree from 30 years ago that you haven't um, freshened up. 
Um, you know, Anthony and I, when we were getting our university degrees, that's great. But and I know firsthand from Anthony's experience is like, man, what they taught you coming out of school 20 years later is already outdated. 100 percent. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't mean that that education doesn't have value. It has great value. It means it needs to be updated. It's, it's almost like a, a GPS, uh, the old style GPS is, if you remember, Anthony, well, that's right. you know, the, the they, they had the, yeah. yeah, the old garments, you know, <laughs> you had to get the update. Yeah. If you didn't have the update, all these new streets are here. All these new expressways are there. This is a yeah. waste of time. Yeah. There's no update on this anymore. You got to update. Now, of course, it's different. They update instantaneously. But the point is, if you don't refresh your education, um, you, you're, you're going to be lost in a new world. So. Yes, and, and education should not even be considered, uh, you know, uh, a, a responsibility, a, a job. Education is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Uh, learning is an opportunity. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to study. I'm going to have to learn a second language. I'm going to have to learn or whatever. That's an opportunity. That's, 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 not, a, that's not something you should be afraid of. Uh, the more you learn, the, the more you'll, you'll get ultimately. So the importance of education, you know, it's almost like when people say, um, I'm a hard worker and I always come back with them. I'm taking that for granted. You're a hard worker. If you're looking for, I, you don't have to tell me you're a hard worker. Just show me I'm That's taking right. it. And, and it's the same thing. Well, no, I, I'm a believer in education. I, I hope you're a believer in education. I don't want any unbelievers in education <laughs> being a part of any venture I'm, I'm associated with, but, whether that's traditional university or college or trade school or just hard knocks uh, life, whatever, as long as you're learning, whether it's in a structured environment or it's not, you're always going to be ahead of the game. So is learning important? Uh, Anthony and Ashton, that's, that goes without saying it's, it's the key to success. Well, thank you so much for putting a punctuation into learning, uh, you know, and uh, among all the great words you had there, it, it's so true. When you stop learning, you, you do stop living. So uh, thank you for really uh, punctuating that uh, in that question. And uh, Raj, I want to turn it back uh, to all the great interviews that you've done with all the great experiences you had. You mentioned some legends a uh, little off the top. You mentioned Beliveau, How Gretzky. Uh, and I've adored this about you for years, even before I met you, just listening to you on the fan uh, uh, the high caliber of an interviewer you are. So why don't you share with the fans maybe who some of the fascinating people, it could be sports, could be non-sports, that uh, Roger Lajoie has had a chance to interview? Well, you know, that's a great question again. And again, it's, it's, it's a hard one to answer. I mentioned those three guys because they're superstar hockey players. Hockey was my, my, uh, my uh, second favorite sport. Uh, I, I'll give you an example of an interview that I thought was fascinating. Cito Gaston. Cito Gaston's another guy I had an opportunity to, to chat with. And I'm, you know, he, he, we're just usually, you know, it, he moved on from being manager of the Blue Jays around. I forget the reason he was on the station. We were having a conversation and you have a conversation, you get to talk to him, you see where he's at. And, you know, he's talking about his early days in baseball. And a, a, a person like that will give you such a great perspective because then he mentions, you know, and then, of course, when we were on the road, you know, the bus had to go to the back of the restaurant uh, because, you know, I, being the black guy on the bus, wasn't allowed to go in the restaurant and they had to bring my food to me because it was for whites only. And I'm going like, what? Like, this guy's this guy's not 150 years old. Cito is, uh, was at, at that point in his 60s or 70s. I forget. It was a few years ago, Anthony. Uh -huh. But I'm, I'm seeing the history lesson and what these people had to endure 
to get to where they are. And fast forward to 92, 93, and he's managing back-to-back World Series champions. And in, in his lifetime, not that long ago, had to face that kind of uh, discrimination. So we talked about education. To me, the most fascinating interviews I've done is somebody who has taught me something. It's not that I didn't know that that existed, but that somebody who lived it is telling me the story of what it was like, I think is phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I did shows, uh, I've worked with a lot of different people to fan, but I, I worked with a guy named Rick Natras, who I really liked. That's and, right. and Nick, Nick was in media for a while and did a, a very nice job. He no longer is, but a good, good man. And he played with the Calgary flames and we'd be doing shows and we'd be talking back and forth. And, you know, during the segments, we'd be talking to each other and Rick Natras would come up and he'd tell me, I'm telling you, Rod, you had to be there when Lanny McDonald first got his hands on that cup in Calgary that night when he won the cup. And I'm listening to this and I'm gripped by this story. I'm just, I just, I don't even know what to add or say because here's a guy who was in the room. He was there and he experienced it firsthand. So I guess back to the education again, I, I am thrilled when I get the opportunity to learn something and you get as an interviewer, the opportunity to learn by asking these guys questions, because every question that I'm asking, I know kind of what the answer is to a lot of them, but in a lot of them, I don't. And to hear these guys tell their own stories in their own words, there are some of them. Uh, writing the book with Paul Rosen, who you That's know right, very well, Rosie, yeah. uh, Anthony, like, yeah. I mean, his story, the adversity, losing his leg and uh, eventually, uh, and then a suicide attempt and fighting through it. And like, my goodness, that's that's gripping stuff. That's that's what I like. And that's what keeps my energy level up, because I know in a situation when I'm interviewing, I'm going to learn something tonight. Yeah. And whether it's about the leaf power play, uh, you know, from, you know, a reporter who has the latest analytical stats on the Leafs game against the Jets two nights ago, or Cito Gaston's experiences with racism 40 years ago really doesn't matter. That really resonates with me. And so there again is, is the power of education, right? Like you can be around forever. You can have all these career accomplishments, uh, but you can learn something every day. Wow. And uh, that's that's what keeps life fresh. Yeah, that's amazing. And some great stories there. And I, I, I heard you uh, say in your, your wonderful words there, you use the words chat and conversation. And, and I think that's what makes you such a great interview. And you've, you've got such range in the the many uh, high-profile people you've had a chance to speak to is that you've established so much great range. So uh, you've got a real craft there, uh, my friend, in, in uh, being able to interview some of the greats. And thanks for sharing that story. Ashton, over to you. Roger, uh, working in sports radio and sports media, I know uh, that you are a huge sports fan. And I'm sure you have a favorite or many favorite athletes. With that said, Roger, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why? Well, that's another great question. Boy, so you can tell you got those four years of media training with your dad here. That's a, that, I'm going to have to think about that one. Who are my favorite athletes? Well, yeah, I'll so start stepping with, away from the mic, Roger, because we know you've interviewed them, but now just as a fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll start with this. Um, I, um, if you're going to be successful in the media business, you can still be a fan, and I think that helps, and I think you should be because then your vocation is your vocation if you love it. But you have to distance yourself from the people who are involved because um, 
you are an independent broadcaster now. So as you spend more time in the media, the people and athletes you idolized growing up no longer really become idols anymore. They become part of your business and your career. But with all of that said, you know, who are who are my favorite athletes of all time growing up? Um, even though I grew up in Montreal, I wasn't a big some people think I was the big Montreal Canadiens fan growing up. I was not a Montreal Canadiens fan. Bobby Hall was my favorite hockey player. And I loved him because he was exciting. He was fast. He was a guy that everybody watched. And look, he's a Hall of Famer. And a lot of people would have liked Bobby Hall as a player. But I like that kind of an athlete. Uh, Bobby Orr was another one changed the game. The game revolved around him. That's how good he was. So again, when you're young and Ashton, you probably feel the same way as a young guy, teams that are winning now and successful that are superstars are probably going to be guys that you're going to be fans of for a long time. Just because when you, again, I go back to your first love. If your first love was that guy, well, the Blackhawks and Bobby Hull, I was 10, 11 years old when Bobby Hull was scoring 54 goals in, in the NHL and was a star and was a golden jet and, and the whole bit and everything else, or was a little bit after him. Uh, I, I would say, you know, I, I've never been had the strong allegiance to teams because I, I started my career relatively young, 44 years ago. I was 21 years old when I had that job at the Etobicoke Gazette. So I had to be a pro more than a fan. So I don't really have favorite teams, but I've always liked athletes who are, I don't want to say the word humble, but I, I guess I look at, um, I prefer an athlete who instead of when he scores a touchdown, let's use football as the example, uh, acts like he just, you know, won the Super Bowl, even though it's the third game of the regular season. I'd rather see a guy who just puts the ball down and just moves on and goes about his business and acts like I've been here before. I'm going to be here again. So I'm not going to act like that. I, I, that's just my personality. That's the way I would do it if I was talented enough to do it. So I like those guys. And there's a lot of examples of those guys that have been around. I like, I like the classier guys. That's why I like the Bellavos. That's why I like, uh, uh, the, uh, Gretzky's Gretzky was, 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 if not the greatest of all time in the top three of all time for heaven's sakes. And he was a humble guy. He wasn't a flashy guy. Mario Lemieux was the same kind of player uh, in, uh, in hockey. I like people who just come in and do their jobs every day. I loved Eddie Murray in baseball. Eddie Murray Eddie was Eddie Murray. There's a name. I same, same. Yeah. yeah. Same thing every year, Anthony, yeah. 333 homers. 107 RBIs <laughs> yeah. every single season oh, for I love, 20 years. I love that guy's swing. I remember yeah, watching him back he, in the day, yeah. He was a beauty. John Olerud was another one. Oh, you yeah. know, he just I I just like the more understated athlete Ashton than than the the loud uh, superstar. In this day and age, I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love the way he plays the game. Uh, I love Tua's approach. Uh, in Miami, his um, the way he handles interviews, the way he conducts himself. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm a big fan of his. Who doesn't like Connor McDavid? You know, but I I like the more understated guys, the flashiness, the loudness, how good an interview they are. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I um I judge on on what they do on the field. So my goodness, there's there's so many. It's a great question, but again, I can go on all night about the athletes I admire. But I like the more understated. Uh, star than the guy who's who's always talking. I don't want to be critical. That's that's the way they are. That's the way they do it. But uh, just drop the ball when you score a touchdown. You don't have to celebrate for 
a minute. You'll be back in there later in the game, hopefully. No, that's some great stuff. Well, fans, you got uh, Roger Lajoie unplugged there a little bit. Love that answer. And, uh, yeah, just love those hardworking guys the lunch uh, and ladies, the the lunch pail, and just uh, re- really do it on the ice and uh, – and uh, the, sort of the side, the sideshow stuff kind of is reserved for, for, for other others, I guess, if you will. You know, it's a good stuff. Um, and uh, so, Raj, uh, we, we'd be remiss um, talking to everyone to uh, a, a sports media star um, without going a little bit more hyper-local about our Toronto sports team. So, Ashton, we just got a few more questions. Ashton, you got a questions about some of our big Toronto sports teams. Yeah, but before we start, I do want to get a hot take from you, Roger. Uh-oh. Do you do you think the Chiefs are going to beat Baltimore oh, on Sunday? Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, that's a that's a tough one. Are the Chiefs going to beat Baltimore on Sunday? I'll I'll say this about the Chiefs. I didn't think the Chiefs were going to beat the Bills. Yeah. I I didn't I did I thought the Chiefs were maybe a little bit past the due date. It's so hard to repeat, as you know, Ashton. You know, uh, sometimes you just don't repeat because it's just too hard. There's there's too many things that have to go right to win uh, a championship. I would pick the Ravens. With this caveat, I will be. The, not the least bit surprised if the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl again. I like Lamar and Jackson. I like what the Ravens have done. I think they're a better all-around team. They're at home. I think it might be their term, their time, their their time uh, to cash through. But I'm never underestimating Patrick Mahomes. There is a lot of um, uh, Brady and Belichick in Reed and Mahomes. They still have a lot of work to do. They've only won two, and those guys won six. So I'm not comparing them. But it's the same kind of thing. You never discount them. I expect a terrific game, but I think the Ravens. I think the Ravens win this time. I don't think that's a hot take because they are the favorites in the game. But uh, boy, don't dis- <laughs> if if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again, I will not be the least bit surprised. But yeah, no, that's going to be a, a hell of a matchup. I'm I'm orange. I'm I'm cheering for the Lions. They're they're my team that's left in. I I like the local content, and I consider Detroit, especially for people in Windsor, as local content. And that's why I was hoping the Bills were going to beat the Chiefs. I would love to see them uh, finally break through in, in the other game. But you asked me, I'll give you the answer. I'm picking the Ravens. Well, and you gave a great answer at that. So, Ashton, there you go. You see, and I've told you many times again, we've had a number of outstanding guests, including Roger Lajoie on the show, and the richness of his answer, the definition, the detail, the opinion that he brought to you after you asked that question. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, it was an amazing take for uh, Sunday's game. And, and good, great analysis, yep, too. Yeah, great analysis on uh, on the game. And uh, so uh, let's move on to... That's uh, right. we got to yep. go hyper-local back to Toronto sports back teams because we yep. want our best of guests to talk about that. So take it away, Ashton. Roger, we are super fans of our Toronto sports teams, especially the Leafs, the Raptors, and the Blue Jays. So, Roger, we're going to give you a scenario here. It's springtime 2024. What will be the stories and the headlines for each of these franchises, which are the Leafs, Raptors, and Blue Jays, coming spring 2024? Oh, 
Another good question. Um, and again, uh, thank you for the compliment about the the answer, uh, Ashton and and Anthony. Uh, I always uh, tell my students when I was teaching at uh, College of Sports Media in Ryerson, I, I always told them an analysis over predictions. None of us know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We 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 can we can analyze it. We can break it down, but nobody knows what's going to happen, including the players on the field or the ice or the field themselves. So so it's always good. But to look at the three Toronto sports teams in a nutshell. The Raptors are clearly in a rebuild. So you said spring of 2024. So that's, you know, just a few months down. Um, the, the Raptors will, will will not be in the playoffs. Um, they are they are in a rebuild. I, I expect another deal. So the big story with them is, are they going to trade to Gary Trent Jr.? Or are they going to continue it on load? And I suspect they will build around Scotty Barnes. So listen, they had that great run. Uh, they championship banners uh, live forever. Uh, but uh, spring of 2024 is not going to be a pleasant time if you only cheer for the Raptors with wins and losses. We've already seen it. It uh, maybe was a little overdue that it had to be done. So um, there's that's what that's my spin on the Raptors. The Leafs, I I, I remain optimistic. Um, however, there is no question that this team needs more help defensively. They need a stabilized goaltending situation, although recently Samsonov coming back helps. And if Wall is back within a couple of weeks, hopefully, maybe that looks out. I still believe they're capable of a long playoff run. Um, The pressure's on the GM. So the story for the Leafs, I think, in the spring of 2024 will come in March at the trade deadline is can they augment this group? And I also believe that winning playoff-style hockey is not just about skill, it's about will, and anybody can have the will. Not everybody has the skill. Very few people can do what Austin Matthews does skill-wise, but the will to win the Cup, including Austin Matthews, has to come from within. I think, I think this team is ready to win. However, they are going to have to play much, much better than we've seen so far. So the, the focus on the Leafs is going to be you you got it. You got to go a couple of rounds this year. That will be the headline with the Leafs. The Blue Jays, man, I wish maybe we were talking in a few weeks from now because I can't believe they haven't added a bat yet. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. just find that incredulous that they have not dipped into the free agency. I, I noticed Hoskins signed the other day. Um, these things get dated very quickly, but That's I've right. advocated J.D. Martinez mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, added to that. One more veteran bat in that lineup with that pitching staff and with the addition of Rodriguez. And if Manoa can come back, hey, they're close. I know people are sour on them because, you know, they weren't exciting to watch. They were disappointing. The expectations were so high. I think by spring, if they add another bat, um, the expectations are going to be a little less as they were like, what was it? Two years ago. I think guys, they were world series favorites in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody's picking them to win the world series now because of the way they've played in the playoffs, but they're still close. They're still close. So I I think, I think the Jays will be excitement if they can add another bat and people will forget about not getting Otani and everything. So that will be positive. I think the Leafs give people a reason for optimism, I think, but they got to win. And they got to win now, I think. And, and and the Raptors are a rebuild, Ashton. I'm afraid uh, Raptor fans will have to wait a while before they play any meaningful games. Uh, certainly not in 2024. But I'm, I guess I'm an optimist by nature. But I like 
I like all three Toronto sports franchise. Hey, beats the days of remember when the Leafs fans, Anthony, were throwing waffles and jerseys on the ice. <laughs> That's right. Remember the Blue Jays missed the playoffs yeah. uh, how many years in a row? Yeah. Remember the Raptors couldn't win at all. Or, so listen, or, or you uh, and I can go back even further too at Maple Leaf Gardens when they had some tough times there too. Oh, right? and the paper paper, paper bags on the on the some of the fans heads and and, and discuss but anyhow uh there we go and there's some great analysis there by our best of guests on uh toronto sports franchises well rog uh, we just got a couple more questions this has been an outstanding segment already you would be the perfect person to ask this question and it is about the rise of sports talk and how social media and those platforms have it, it just seems like in the last wave certainly over the pandemic it's heightened good bad or indifferent it is here uh so i wonder if you can share your perspectives and how you think sports broadca- broadcasting will continue to take shape into the future yeah that's a, that's a good one too um i'm i'm not optimistic for uh, the the future of sports broadcasting in the traditional method and that may not necessarily be a good or a bad thing. And again, events are just events They're whether they're good or bad or not is in there. I just said that uh, earlier in the interview, but um, yeah, traditional media is, is tough because there are so many uh, different vehicles out there. I guess I'll go back to my time as a teacher guys. So, you know, when I first started in this business way back in 1980, I had to find a newspaper that would hire me or a radio station who would hire me or somebody who would take a chance and give me a job. So I would have a platform. That was the challenge. Uh, Now, the platform is no problem. Everybody has a platform. Everybody can put up a show. Everybody can file a blog. Everybody can do it. Put a video up instantaneously. Now, the problem is how to make that a career and how to, you know, benefit from that. And how do you compete and cut through the clutter? So back in the day, it was just get a job at one of these few places and then you're off. That's how sports broadcasting worked. Now it's the opposite. I think the biggest thing that's going to happen in sports broadcasting is um, where it's going with pay-per-view and uh, streaming services. I was absolutely stunned that there was a football game in the National Football League, guys, this year. In the United, It was available here in Canada on TSN. But in the United States, where you had to have Peacock. Uh-huh. And you had to download Peacock and stream or subscribe to Peacock or you couldn't get an NFL playoff game. Well, Rod, sorry to just to jump in because, you know, we follow you on social. You do great stuff on there. And we saw that actually speaking of pay-per-view and then the rise of that, you were just at the, the UFC event um, last weekend. There's another example. Of, well, uh, UFC runs on pay-per-view 100%, yeah. but but their sport has always been there. My point is being is like, so fans have always gotten used to, you know, paying your cable bill or whatever, and but that covers all sports. Now it's, it's going to streaming services. Mm-hmm. WWE, if you're a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. they have uh, signed a deal with Netflix where all of their events are going to be on Netflix as of January 2025. Mm-hmm. So Raw is not going to be available on Sportsnet, on TSN, you're going to have to get Netflix. And so that's that's how it's evolving in terms of how we consume it, how it's sold and how it's put out there and and how that relates to, you know, so it used to be the networks and it was like, you know, the, the game of the week. And and, you know, you had the national broadcast. It's so segmented. It's so scattered. It's mm-hmm. so all over the place. 
I don't know what that means in, in terms of, of how people consume it. I know this sports has probably never been bigger and more popular than it is now. Um, it's probably never been more needed when you look at the state of the world in terms of a distraction and entertainment, but the industry is changing daily and rapidly. And, um, for people who want to get into it, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't think largely it's a good thing, but look in the same way, when I was starting off, if you really want to work in the business, you find a way, but here's where education, lifelong education comes in. I all, I had another I all full of mantras, obviously. And and I told my students all the time, monitor industry trends, Mm. follow where this is going. If you want to be involved in the industry, see what's happening. What, how is this working out? And then of course we have AI, which might just change everything in terms of how we uh, consume and produce entertainment. So it's challenging times. It's different times and we'll see how it works out, but very different from back in the day when, there was this NBC Saturday afternoon baseball game, and that was about the only game you were going to see. Oh, yeah. Now you see any game you want to any time, but it looks like um, the method that um, you're going to watch it on might be changing. So fascinating times. Yeah, fascinating times. Great perspective by our best of guests. And yeah, Roger, I mean, I'm a throwback myself. I just love those, you know, as you said, those games of the week uh for major league baseball you know joe gary's yola and 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 and, uh vin scully you know and and those kind of greats but uh yeah the world is a changing and and certainly sports media is uh it is time for the last question uh on this great segment with our best of guests roger lejoie and i'm gonna go throw back because i'm gonna turn it over to the cub reporter here ashton for the last question all right here we go ashton (laughs) take it away roger What advice do you have for young kids looking to achieve a sports media success just like you? Well, that's another great question. So, all right, advice. Well, first uh, advice is that um, um, practice the – well, the passion, preparation, persistence. So I will presume then by your question that the passion part – is there because you say, what advice do you have for somebody who wants a career? So if they want a career in sports, they've got to be passionate about it. In fact, if you want a career in anything, you've got to be passionate about it. So if you have that first one, you've, you've partially given the first, the first P is gone passion because you're giving advice if you want a career. So, okay, you have the passion. That's one, two preparation. So regardless of whether the games are streamed, whether they're on cable, whether cable goes away completely, whether they're on the Internet, whether whatever the case may be, you have to be as best prepared for you to be the person to do it. So you've got to be prepared. You've got to follow it. You've got to work hard. Everybody knows this. A lot of people don't do it, but they they do it. So and preparation includes education. Preparation includes uh, studying, uh, getting mentors, finding out how to do it. And the last part, you know, passion, preparation, persistence is you got to keep at it. Now, you're already ahead of the curve, Ashton, because as a young guy, you've already got four and a half years experience. I didn't have four and a half years experience until I was 27. So like that's 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 a nice leg up. So you're you're on the way. But those principles are there. The only thing in terms of a sports media career, per se, is it's you just have to be forewarned. It's difficult. There is such a demand, and because there's such a demand, the money is not as nearly as good as a lot of industries. But if it's something you're truly passionate about, you follow those three Ps, you'll do just fine. The opportunities will always be there. They'll be different. They'll be different. And so monitor uh, industry trends, 
Uh, get your education, keep your education current, stay positive, and you can find a way into the business. Look, there's nothing remarkable about me or a lot of the colleagues that I've worked with or people of my era. You just you kept going and you kept going and you got your opportunity and look for mentors too, Ashton. That's a, you know, find somebody, look, the easiest way to, to get anything in life is, is find somebody who's doing what you want to do and copy them. You don't have to, you don't have to reinvent it. Just find them and reach out to them, talk to them. They'll be happy to, to guide your way. But if you have passion, preparation, and persistence, you can find your way in anything, but it's a tough industry. Just be aware of that. Uh, don't be discouraged by it. Just be aware of that and have a backup plan and, uh, and another, another sideline you can do maybe to make some money while you wait for the money to come from your career. Oh, those are some outstanding words to end a championship segment. That's uh, Roger Lajoie. Uh, it's been an amazing uh, segment of great information, inspiration, and insight. And you can... Uh, Learn more. Uh, you've learned lots in this segment, but you can learn more of all of Roger's great services at rogerlejoie.com. Uh, just tremendous sports media experience, great business acumen, personal development coach, life mentor. And, and Roger, just with those, uh, those five highly acclaimed books, uh, your Paul Henderson book um, was a Glo Globe and Mail bestseller, I believe. Where could fans um, who want to read and, and get a real page turners uh, ch ch check that out? Uh, I thank you for that. I have a author's page on Amazon. That's the easiest way to get any books these days is go on Amazon.com and uh, you'll see uh, the uh, choices that are available for books at RogerLajoie.com. There's also an email to contact me. I'll be happy to arrange that directly for anybody who's interested in any of the books I've done. Uh, that's the best way. And uh, I, I appreciate that, Anthony. And I have some more books coming down the pipeline and uh, I look forward to doing that. And, and I, I really do appreciate appreciate um, you guys having me on, but I, I appreciated your your um, your very very charitable and kind words at the start of the broadcast. But uh, I'm not uh, I'm not nearly done yet. I have uh, I have other other things to do. They won't be the, exactly the same things I'm doing now, but I have other challenges to pursue in the next couple of years. So I'm on social on X at the Raj 590. Uh, I'm also on, on Facebook as his teammates, uh, teammates, pardon me. I'm also on Instagram. So uh, follow along if you like. I'm honored anybody uh, that does that. And uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best of success. And uh, I've enjoyed this very, very much. And uh, Ashton, I'm telling you, you're the next Tiger Woods. You're already on the golf course hitting all these balls. You're so far ahead. How many people who are 11 years old have four years experience doing a podcast? I'll answer one that I know of. <laughs> okay. So, so, well, so keep her going, young fella. Well, that's thank great. You. And Rod, you mentioned the word honored and, you know, Ashton, I just wanted to say our words of thank you to you. I mean, uh, you know, I, I didn't tell you this when I first met you, but I adored listening to you just as a fan. When I was a young boy at York University, I shouldn't say young boy, young man, uh, York University, 92 to 96, and you helped me get through some tough assignments by just your great entertainment, your great information, you and uh, Storm and Norman Rumack. And, and oh, so, Storm, we cannot, yeah. we cannot, we Mutual cannot chum. not mention Mutual Storm chum. and Norman Rumack, yeah. one yeah. of the best people 
on the planet. And yes, Anthony, I, I deeply appreciate that. That's flattering. You know, listen, uh, I, I'm, I'm not uh, the biggest media star in the world by any stretch of the imagination, nor do I aspire, ever aspire to do that. Uh, but one of the things that really, and I do it for personal satisfaction and pride in my work and everything else. But one of the things I really love to hear is from time to time, I'll see a, a guy who's in his 30s or 40s or even 50s, yeah. you know, and they'll say the same kind of thing you did is like, oh man, I grew up listening to you and uh, they are there. They were some fun times or whatever. That that means a heck of a lot. Oh, it, well, it, it sure. really does. And then, you know, what I was going to say is that not only to have a chance to listen to you and adore the work that you did on the fan, continue to do on the fan, um, but then have a chance to team with you through some of my time in sports PR. It was, was just a tremendous honor. Um, I'm going to take a, a, a title out of one of those, one of the great books that you have, The Greatest day, day Ever. This is one of the greatest day evers for what you've done for Ashton and I. We so appreciate your time and your wisdom. And I want to turn it over to Ashton, who has some uh, words of thank you to you. Well, Roger, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on. And um, my dad has told me many stories about when you guys met and things that you did together in the sports world um and you know searching up and learning more about you was really really fascinating um and i do listen to you and here's an example around the kitchen table yeah around the kitchen table i was listening to you after jay's game on jay's talk um and you know it's it's so special to me how much you know color and opinion that you bring to the airwaves and for a young broadcaster like me that really you know inspires me and is really special to me so roger thank you for coming on the show well ashton i deeply appreciate that thank you that is so flattering and so nice of you to say and uh listen uh you don't have to uh listen to me or to um listen to anybody or look to anyone for a mentor uh there's one sitting in the same room with you so you're pretty you're pretty lucky with that you you've it's it's a, you know we all need to find mentors when you got a dad like your dad you don't have to find one he's already there so i look forward to listening to you for uh, a long long time and uh you you keep at it and uh if I can help you down the road, uh, you know where to find me. So thank you both. It's uh, terrific to chat with you. Oh, that's great stuff. Certified champ and chum, the Raj. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 53. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy January. Happy New Year, everybody. We hope your 2024 is going very well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. So glad that you're with us here for our first show of the 2024 season, Champs and Chums, Father-Son Fun Talk. And Ashton, it's now time for our All-Pro Go segment. And if you're listening to this first time, Ashton, you'll I'll let the fans know that our All-Pro Go segment is a did you know sports spotlight so this is where my co-host ashton shares with you a sports sporting activity and you're going to learn a little bit more ashton take it away what's it for this month for this month it is snowmobiling now there's a great selection uh given that it's winter i mean although you know 
hasn't really been a uh, a typical winter hasn't been as cold but i'm sure if one was to go up north you would have an ability to get on those snowmobile trails and so the way ashton you're going to describe this all pro go as i guess you're first going to describe an actual snowmobile and then get into a little bit more of the um the actual activity so take it away son a snowmobile also known as a snow machine motor sled motor sledge ski mobile or snow scooter is a motorized vehicle designed for winter travel and recreation on snow. It is designed to be operated on snow and ice and does not require a road or trail but most are driven on open terrain or trails. Snowmobiling is a sport that many people have taken on as a serious hobby. Common brand names in the United States include Arctic Cat, Polaris Inc. and Ski-Doo. Older snowmobiles could generally accommodate two people. However, most snowmobiles manufactured since the 1990s have been designed to only accommodate one person. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I would have thought it was a two-skidoo kind of thing. Okay. Yep. All right. Snowmobiles built with the ability to accommodate two people are referred to as two-up snowmobiles or touring models and make up an extremely small share of the market. Most snowmobiles do not have any enclosures except for a windshield, and all their engines normally drive on a continuous track at the rear. Skis at the front provide directional control. Early snowmobiles use simple rubber tracks, but modern snowmobiles' tracks are usually made of Kevlar composite construction. The earliest snowmobiles were powered by readily available industrial four-stroke air-cooled engines. These would quickly be replaced by lighter and more powerful two-stroke gasoline internal combustion engines. And since the mid-2000s, four-stroke engines had re-entered the market. Well, that's great, uh, son. Here we are on our All-Pro Go talking about snowmobiles. Uh, learned a lot already, and Ashton's now going to take you through the recreation of it, the actual snowmobiling. Take it away, son. The second half of the 20th century saw the rise of recreational snowmob- snowmobiling, whose riders are called snowmobilers, sledders, or sledneks. Recreational riding is known as snow crossing, uh, racing, trail riding, freestyle, boondocking, ditch banging, and grass drags. Those are some really uh, extreme kind of vernacular here as we talk about snowmobiling on episode 53, fans. Yep. Boon docking, ditch banging, and grass drags. Wow. In the summertime, snowmobilers can drag race on grass, asphalt asphalt strips, or even across water as in snowmobile skipping. Snowmobiles are sometimes modified to compete in long-distance off-road races. Well, there you have it, fans. That's snowmobiling. We thought we'd uh, bring that to you, uh, powering the airwaves, given the fact that we're in the winter season. And, Ashton, I mean, um, obviously one would need a license to get into snowmobiling, but um, it, it lo- it's, I've never tried it myself, actually. But it, it's, it's, it looks like a very fun activity. Yeah, I would mean... Would you want to try it, or...? I would want to try it, but... Or you'd be one of the two-ups, because you don't have a license, of course. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think snowmobiling would be uh, fun to try. 
But uh, yeah, so that is the All Pro Go for episode 53, Snowmobiling. That's right, son. And uh, you've got lots more. We've got lots more of show to come. You're listening to episode 53 of the Champs and Chums podcast. father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 53 of the champs and chums podcast and ashton it's now time for our signature segment that's right everybody it's our champs and chums segment we will salute our stars on and off the field so this is where we uh every episode every monthly episode we shine a spotlight on some champs and chums who've been doing some amazing things and ashton and i would like to honor them and this ashton is the first honor of 2024, and um, I guess the best way to introduce this is, you know, fans, we want to thank you for being a fan, but we want to go back and thank all of our amazing fan best of guests. That's right, everybody. We're going to shine a spotlight just uh, fresh off an outstanding best of segment with uh, episode 53 guest Roger Lejoie. He's uh, starred on the Fan 590, but fans, go back in the episode vault and you will hear some amazing best of segments from not one, not two, not three, four, five, six, seven sports media stars that have uh, brought their talent, brought their passion energy, information, and intelligence to the airwaves of the Fan 590. So this is who we're going to honor as champs and chums. We've got a deep and legendary list. And Ashton, you're going to start off with the first shout out going back to episode 24. That was August of 2021, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think it was 21, actually. Who was our, our best of guest there? Our best of guest was Eric Smith. That's right. Fan 590, longtime uh, broadcaster, radio broadcaster. You've heard his dulcet tones, Ashton, uh, on Raptors radio broadcast. What a great game. You've heard Eric E. call uh, games uh, when, you know, just around the kitchen table, maybe out and about in the car. Or just listening, actually, to his his podcast, Smith and Jones. What do you think about his talents? Well, yeah, um, it was. Uh, he's an amazing person, and having him on the show was extra special because he has so much stories from um, all the Raptors games, um, where he's met so many players, and getting to hear that just really, it's really special to me. Well, and you're a big Raptors yeah, fan too. So Raptors there's fan, our yeah. shout out to uh, one of the first of seven champs and chums, best of guests. That's uh, fan five ninety relevant. You hear him to this day. What a wonderful job he does powering the air- airwaves. Such intelligence, such know how. He's got deep basketball knowledge, deep sports knowledge. He brings some color to the airwaves as he announces with his uh, sidekick, his chum, Paul Jones. That's Eric Smith. Check him out in episode 24. Great stuff. Okay, Ashton, 
Now over to our second of our seven uh, honorees for Champs and Chums here in episode 53. Who is our next uh, champ and chum that we want to shout out to? Our next champ and chum is Ailish Forfar. That's right, Ailish Forfar, episode 32. Back in 2022, we had the great privilege, honor, pleasure, and delight speaking with an amazing broadcaster. We're a fan of Forfar, Ashton. Uh, do you remember, what were some of the great things uh that you talked about with Ailish. I remember hockey was being one of them because she was a a standout college hockey player. Yeah, um we I did watch some of her highlights. She was a great player and um it was great to talk with her and get to learn more about um how she, how her I you could say day in life is on the fan. Well, she talked about a day in the life. She is amazing on social media too. You speak about day in the life. Go to her TikTok. She's a great day in the life during the pandemic, of uh, what she had to do to get. And this again with all the restrictions, everybody remember. So she had to go, and, and that that was actually Ashton when she was on the morning show. Yep. So she's now one of the great co-hosts along with Justin Cuthbert on the fan pregame. So they have a chance to really set the table for all the night's action. So you can listen to our episode 32 best of guests, Ailish Forfar, on the fan airwaves from 6 to 7 almost every night during the week. She also does the intermissions during the Leafs broadcast with Champ and Chums. We got to get those guys on the show, Joe Bowen and Jimmy Ralph. Longtime champs and chums. So she does the intermission stuff as well, too, after the end of the period. So what do you think about that? That 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 uh, Ailish Forfar, she continued to just keep building those impressive skills. Yeah, um, her skills have grown a lot. And uh, I mean, w- I mean, I would one day I would like love to be to, like on a fan, like just guesting. Like, I mean... Oh, really? Yeah. And she'll be the interv- interview interviewer? Yeah. Well, she's a star. That is... The, she's a star, that Ailish Forfar. That rhymes. We've honored her here on episode 53. Ashton, who's our next uh, Fan 590 uh, shout-out best-of guest? Our next champ and chum is the late-night vampire Storm Norm Rumack. The late-night vampire... The lightning rod of controversy, the outlaw of objectivity, the hammer of hammerheads, Norm Rumack, the legend? Yep. Wow. Yeah, it was so amazing. Episode 33, going back to the summer of 2022, we had the the legend of late night sports broadcasting. That is Storm and Norm Rumack, a longtime champ and chum of of, uh, your dad's here, Ashton. And uh, it was so amazing to have him on the show. Um, you know, he built a, 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 an incredible following. And I got to tell you, I, I told you about this with uh, with the Raj. I adored listening to him. He kind of got me through four years of university, that Storm and Norman Rumack. What was it like to speak to the late night legend, the broadcast legend, Storm and Norm Rumack? Well, it was great to speak with him. And uh, you told me a couple stories about how uh how yeah like you were saying how he helped you through your uh university years 
Well, I got to tell you something, and, and he was a late night vampire. Yeah. So I, I guessed it on his shows many times. Yeah. Talking tennis uh, and such. And uh, you remember I told you that story, uh, maybe it was about three or four episodes ago, when we were shouting out to uh, great sports experiences in Blue Jays, and I told you the Carlos Delgado story, where I had uh, dinner with Carlos Delgado yes, yes, and Glenn Grunwald. Yeah. So the MC of that event, and I had, again, because Normie's a chum, I asked him if he would come and MC an event that Tennis Canada and Rogers was holding. He's, he was there. He showed up. He helped me out. And he had a chance to rub shoulders with Carlos Delgado and, and uh, Glenn Grunwall that night, the, the former general manager of the Raptors. But, of course, the Stormin' one has brushed shoulders and interviewed legends. I mean, I'm talking Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. I could go on and on and on. All the greats. All the greats. And uh, I got to tell you, um, he is one of the kindest people that I've ever met, and I'm going well beyond sports. And... Uh, Thinking of you a lot, lots, Normie, and um, you know you've got such big brand, you've got such great things going for you that I think there's more, more, and more great things coming up around the corner for Storm and Norman Rumack. Good stuff. All right, Ashton, who is our next best of champ and chum fan five ninety uh, um, star? Our next champ and chum is Mike Wilner. Mike Wilner, uh, what a, a career he had on the Fan 590. He was a uh, play-by-play for the for your Toronto Blue Jays, Ashton. And he also was the uh, the host of Jays Talk. And that show's evolved uh, throughout the years. But uh, Mike continues to do tremendous things in the world of sports media, baseball specifically, He's the uh, columnist uh, for the Toronto Star. He's the baseball columnist for the Toronto Star. And Ashton, you know this. Uh, he's into the podcasting world too. And his, um, at last check, I believe Deep Left Field, the podcast that he hosts, is the third ranked uh, baseball podcast in Canada. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, he... Uh he has his podcast you you the fans should check it out it's deep left field and you know it was great talking to him because um, he knows his baseball yeah he does know his baseball and student of the game yeah and um all the players he's met because he we see him usually when we go down to a jays game on the field yes we're gonna and i know he's always busy uh and so mike is a friend of the show and uh when he's yeah yes he's working down there but one of these days uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to get him uh, get his attention to make sure that uh, we say hello because he's a great champ and chum. And I've known Mike Wilner for a very long time, Ashton. I told you, uh, not many people would know this, but Mike Wilner started his, his career uh, in sports media at 680 News. And Mike Wilner was a stringer. So what they say is a stringer, it's a guy that does the updates. So Wilner had these, he's, he's, got, he's got these dulcet uh, tones uh, for, for radio and radio broadcasting. He was doing live updates for 680 News from Maple Leaf Gardens at the Leaf Games, Ashton. And that's how your dad met him. I was, you know, I was working on the media team 
and uh, handing stats to him and, you know, setting up interviews for him when he come down to practice. There you go, everybody. Another shout-out to the fan and a former alum there who continues to do wonderful work. Uh, uh, he is one of the um, top Blue Jays sports media personalities. Mike Wilner came on the show, episode 34. Ashton, who's next? Our next champ and chum is Nick Kiprios. You mean Kipper? Yeah. You mean Maple Leaf fan favorite Nick Kiprios? Sure do. You, you mean the guy that wore number 32 for your Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes, I do. Well, the guy that wore number 32 for your Toronto Maple Leafs was episode uh, best of guest episode 37. Yep. Nick Kiprios joined us. And what... What an amazing uh, um, segment that was. Su such full of inspiration. He is, uh, I believe, thinking about our list, and we've had amazing people on the show, Ashton. I believe he's the only, at this time, the only Stanley Cup champion that we have on the program. Yeah, that's true. So shout out to uh, Kipper. Um, many, might, many of you might know the backstory. When I worked proudly with the lease for three and a half years and media services, media relations, and PR team services. Uh, Kipper was on the team. And uh, he always went out of his way to uh, help out in, in multiple things I did over sports PR. So I owe a lot of gratitude um, for what he does. And he, he is doing amazing things. What a sports media star he is. I mean, talking about a guy that went for the net, Ashton, he, was, he played that very a swashbuckling, aggressive style. Great skater was Kipper. Uh, he's doing great things on sports media now too, eh? Do uh, you tell the fans he's still out doing stuff for Sportsnet 590, the fan? Yeah, he has the Kipper and Bourne show, the drive home show. And uh, it's pretty convenient that it's a drive home show because we hear it when you're picking me up from school That's sometimes. That's right. You hear our episode 37 guest power the airwaves, but he does that, that uh, very popular drive home show, Kipper and Bourne. He's also an analyst in between uh, the Sportsnet hockey broadcast. So there he is, Nick Kiprios, Maple Leaf fan favorite. And uh, you had a chance, we had a chance, Alvi, to speak to him. Uh, on episode uh, 37 but it all started when we reconnected back at the good old blue jay game you want to tell the story yeah so um we just went down to a blue jays game just a normal blue jays game um not sure who was against but anyways um my dad looks over and i look over but i well, I, 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 can't, I can't tell i heard what, a voice yeah, yeah but i can't tell who he's trying to uh look look at but then he says kipper and then he, he turns around and he's like anthony and then yeah so that's how <laughs> so, it all started that's how it all that's started how the, the quick reconnect started and uh it was just so great to to catch up with him in the seats at a baseball game and for 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 him to make time uh he's a very busy busy man with lots of things on the go uh, for him to make time for this father-son project i so appreciate so kipper uh, shout out to you, my man. All right, uh, we've got a few more superlatives here on a on an impressive list of Fan 590, either current stars or alum. But we've got another uh, great former Fan 590 member that came up on episode 49, Ashton. Who was that? Well, our next champ and chum is Barry Davis. Barry Davis. 
an amazing guest. It was so great to have Barry on the program. Uh, his He continues to be one of the more popular uh, Blue Jays broadcasters for, you know, he just brought a lot of knowledge, talent, personality. His on-screen stuff is great. You know, it's all that stage stuff he does. Because uh, if some of you don't know, uh, Barry um, is uh, v- very involved in, in, as a professional musician as well, too. He does amazing events right across Ontario. Ashton, we got to check them out in the summer. You know, he invited me out to one that was up in Brampton here, but we couldn't make it. We got to get out to see our chum, our champion chum, Barry Davis, out to an event in the summer. Yeah, we got to see him perform on the stage. Um, But it was great talking to him because he had all the insight on the Blue Jays, and he's um, the... He's the uh, on. He was the on-field reporter, That's so right. he has clubhouse so much. Access. Yeah, he has clubhouse access. So much insight on the Jays, um, and he he actually got a chance to talk to. Well, I'm just looking here that the Jose Batista. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. So he got a chance to speak with Jose Batista and many other. Uh, uh, Jay's players. Well, let's not forget everybody. Uh, your Sportsnet on-field broadcaster uh, and uh, reporter from the field during the last time the Jays went on some big runs. We're talking 2015, 2016. Our man, our champion chum, Barry Davis, was right in front of the camera and capturing it all for his fans. Great stuff. All right, Ashton, we have uh, one more, and it's it's kind of very recent. And uh, what a legend we just had. Who was our, our seventh Fan 590 alum? He's not an alum. He continues to be record-breaking on the airways for the fan. Who is it? Well, our champion chum is Roger LeJoie. The Raj. I tell you something, Ashton. Uh, I know uh, it's amazing that it's a generational thing that I can hear stories of you and you share stories of Roger how you've listened to him now on the fan it goes to show you his 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 uh, quite frankly his dominance on the air and his longevity and the uh he is the pro of pros so to hear you talk about stories of of someone that i just enjoyed and adored listening to when the fan started he was there in 1992 when the fan it wasn't the fan 590 at the time ash it was the fan 1430 actually so Roger Lajoie, 1992, uh, working at the fan, powering the airwaves, entertaining his listeners. And to this day, Ashton, what was the number? It was 3,974 shows that Roger Lajoie has broadcasted on the fan. Can you believe that? That's an impressive yeah, number. Yeah, that is a very impressive number. Well, he's not only just an impressive sports media star, He's an impressive human being. Um, so so great to have him on the program. He shared a lot of inspiration with Yashin, and you know he had a lot of fine words to say about you. Called called you. He kind of references like a, a young emerging Tiger Woods in the field of uh, broadcasting. Yeah. Um. I mean, I thank him so much for that. I mean, I do my best, and um, you know, I just keep getting better. Uh just keep getting better every day so that's the mentality well it must have made you feel really uh, special to hear it from a a pro a pro of pros roger lejoie that's uh 44th just at the time of this recording on february the 1st 
it is not only just a big day for uh, your co-host dad here, but it's a big day for Roger Lajoie because it will be his anniversary, his 44th anniversary of being in sports media and what a career he's had. He has covered it all, the Raj. And um, I, I kind of had a, 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 a great little, um, uh, I guess, play on words. I truly Roger that. Okay, what a great champ and chum segment to salute our best of guests, fans of the Fan 590. You're listening to episode 53 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time to close the chapter on our first episode of the 2024 season. Uh, well, just generally, Happy New Year. How do you think the first show went in 2024? I think it went outstanding, and we're going to have um, some more outstanding shows as the year progresses. Oh, that's a great optimism. I like your optimism, and yes, uh, we're working on some other big shows, best of guests. You're going to listen more to Father, Son, Fun, Talk, Power in the Airways once a month here on Champs and Chums. But Ashton, let me ask you for the first time in 2024, what did you learn today? Well, I learned from Roger Lajoie the three P's, which is passion, preparation, and persistence. Well, I hope you listen to that one, um, and I hope you treasure those words. And more importantly, Ashton, and Roger said this as well too, it's one thing to say something, but when you act upon something, you put action into the dreams you have, if you put action into the passion you have, and if you prepare for the big moments, right? They're hard. It's what you do behind the scenes to get ready for prepare for the big moments. And then the last thing he mentioned about being persistent, that is an amazing trait. That is the hat trick to be successful. And I'm so glad that you gripped to that because that was one of many, many wise words and, and, and uh, parts of inspiration that uh, took part in that best of segment. Uh, what else did you learn? Well, I learned more about how snowmobiles uh, changed over the years. Well, I didn't know that myself too, and that's what's great, and the Raj talked about that. Hey, listen, if you're not learning, you're not living, and thank you, uh, son, for sharing more with not only uh, the fans, but also help me learn about snowmobiling. And uh, I'm not saying everybody, I'm gonna be getting my license anytime soon for that, but it does seem like a very, very fun activity. Yeah, um, my pleasure for introducing the uh, sport to you. There you go, you're helping me learn, man. Here we go. Anything else you learn on episode 53? Well, I learned that we both have um, pretty brave and some great hot takes. Well, that's right. That's sort of dialing back to early on in this show where your champs and chums went with our fearless sports predictions. Um, I tell you, we we, we did have some pretty big hot takes there and we got to run the tape back and the fans are going to hold us accountable, especially that big pick. You're confident that the Raptors 905 come April will hoist the G League title in front of us and the fans? Yeah. That's what I said. They just gotta. All right. They just gotta come together and keep rowing that boat. That's right. Success is never a straight line. They see it, they dream it, they believe it, 
They plan for it. They prepare for it. They do it. They celebrate Naper. You heard it from Ashton. All right, everybody. Great stuff. Well, it has been an amazing way to open the 2024 season of father-son fun talk champs and chums and ashton who do we want to thank for uh making us sound uh just great we want to thank the power girls and uncle dennis who helped produce the show the power girls and the uncle dennis and and the uncle well yes the uncle, the Den- uncle dennis. there is only one the uncle dennis and so thank you so much for your love and support you have been there from the very beginning of champs and chums and you've given us so much of love support and inspiration and uh we, we love you so much so thank you so much and uh, some more accolades and uh adoration for our best of guest episode 53 roger lejoie the sports media star the acclaimed author sports leader and mentor what an outstanding outstanding interview that was I'm going to be playing that back multiple times, and I think you should too, fans, because he had some really amazing words, um, so accomplished. You can continue to hear and see his great work. Uh, You can hear him on the Fan 590 on Sportsnet tonight, and uh, he has such great experience, uh, business, sports acumen. What a great guest we had to kick off the, uh, the new year. So thank you to The Raj. Ashton, uh, where can fans go who haven't checked out all of uh, Champs and Chums? Where they can, where can they subscribe and check us out? They can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, and many more worldwide podcast podcast platforms. Many more worldwide podcast platforms. And hey, fans, you can connect with us on social. That's Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, at Champs and Chums. Our website is champsandchums.com. Well, Ashton, this is our most jubilant, joyous January fist bump, my man. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. And Ashton, as we always say, cheers cheers to champs, champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening. listening.